How many how many pack leads does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Four. One to hold the bulb, three to kidnap a Federation engineer to show him how to install it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready for the final frontier, a Trexphere podcast. In the red corner, weighing in at something-something pounds and playing a tuba, we have our host, Adam Mullen. Hello, hello. And in the blue corner, for queen and country, weighing in at, he's the guy that runs this whole thing, so I can't really insult him right now, we have James Ham. Good afternoon. And I am the special guest referee, Bill Allen, a.k.a. the guy in the red shirt. And this is The Final Frontier. So hi, James. Hi, Bill. James, thank you for joining us today. Uh, hopefully it will be a lively discussion of uh, whatever we want to discuss. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually unprepared this week, so we'll see, see what happens. Random talking is always the best. Yes, random talking is great, great. <laughs> That's usually what I do. I mean, let's face it, um, I don't prepare for these things anywhere near as well as uh, Adam does. Basically, he's the brains and I'm the looks. <laughs> That's true. And there's a reason why this is an audio podcast. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> well, do we have uh... Oh, sorry, go ahead, James. No, I was just going to say, I have to admit that... Uh... I've uh, got a bit used to being on camera every week now. It's, it's kind of strange. You kind of have to watch what you, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. actually have to put on clothes. Well, no, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I don't walk around with it on. But, you know, it, it's just I have to make sure because I, I do it from, like, my computer, which is, like, in my bedroom stroke office sort of thing. I have to make sure my bedroom office, whatever you want to call it, looks decent mm -hmm. neat and tidy yeah presentable yeah otherwise it just looks like but i found the function to blur out the background so that's 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 perfect so <laughs> i don't have to worry too much now <laughs> so i could just have crap spewing everywhere in my bedroom and not have to worry about anything going on there behind me it's a decorative art installation yeah exactly yeah 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 that's the ticket <laughs> do we have uh do we have any news um no, I don't think there isn't. Yes, yeah. we do. Spock is finally showing up. Oh my god, it took him long enough. Next, what, next week, week on Discovery? Next yeah. week, finally. You see, I haven't seen the, the um, trailer for it because being in the UK, we kind of... Oh, yeah. Oh, they don't put a next time on Discovery <laughs> bit at the end of your episodes? Oh, no, I guess because with the being on Netflix, they skipped that part. Yeah, and then I have to wait for... Uh either to find it on a not-so-legit YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> or, so uh, they're, they're fi we're finally, finally, finally getting Spock. The search for Spock yeah. is over. Mm -hmm. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it has been one of those things that uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, so, yeah, you know, hurry up. So uh, did we all watch this, this last episode? The Sound of Thunder? I've seen it, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So, uh, any viewers who may be listening, uh, you know, uh, spoilers probably from now on. Uh, so if you haven't watched the episode, make sure you watch it and then come back and listen to whatever it is we're going to say about it. Yeah, this, this, this episode should air roughly a it's day before be, uh, the next episode. Yeah. So. Yep, this will be on the 27th. So that gives you some time to see it, and if you're waiting for it to be on video, well, you know. <laughs> so, one thing I've got to ask before we dive right in and go into the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. um, was I the only person who thought that maybe Saru had faked the Red Angel to get his people liberated? Hmm. What you mean at the beginning? In the beginning. I mean, he's starting to get, uh, he's gone from being ruled by fear to being kind of hyper-aggressive, a little bit more assertive, a little bit more dominant, a little bit more rough and tough. I'm a fighter now. 
and he really wants to save his people, so he faked the telemetry so that Discovery would have to go to his home world. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I don't see why not. I, I mean, it turns out that's not the case because you know, the Red Angel showed up, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, that was my first thought was, you know, we're going to have some issues with Seru. What what happens if the Ba'u were right about his people? That's an interesting idea. I hadn't really thought about that. I, I just, I just presume that it was legit. Mm. I yeah. don't really. I mean, it's possible. Um, but I didn't really see that I saw him more of a getting on my nerves yeah. I mean that 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 would have uh, you know uh, that would mean something big because it shows up at the end for him yeah. uh, so you know if it was fake in the beginning then you know then there really is a purpose behind it you know there might be a personal connection uh, between the Red Angel and the Discovery crew of some sort uh, so that that would be interesting that actually might be more interesting if you're if you're right Bill I'm usually not right. <laughs> well, so I'm right, but only when I don't want to be right. It's like, uh, I, I really, really, really wanted Lorca to be, um, I really wanted Lorca to be a regular Starfleet captain and not a Mirror Universe captain because most people ping to him being from the Mirror Universe because quote-unquote real Starfleet captains don't act like that. And and that attitude always bugs me. Starfleet is not perfect. It's a flawed organization with some seriously dark crap, even setting aside Section 31, and people mm -hmm. got to stop polishing it like it's some brilliant thing when it's really not that much better than any of the other governments out there. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's kind of even... Things in paradise aren't exactly, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like TNG used to always bug me because there were a bunch of variations of the old. Well, our species used to be like you, but then we evolved. Mm -hmm. Wow, that that that's that's really tolerant of you, looking down your nose at the rest of the galaxy, there, Federation. <laughs> huh? Yeah, we're not bigoted at all. We we cured ourselves of bigotry and racism. That's because we're more evolved than you people. I think that was something that we were discussing uh, last time. It was either maybe it was two episodes ago. We had the same conversation about that. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I can tell. I bring it up a lot. It's like Federation sucks. <laughs> well, I I think we'll. I think I said this last time too that you know at some point we'll probably get that in one of these new series, uh, whether it's the Picard one or. Section 31 series. Uh, I imagine it will be something that that they tackle. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping especially in the Picard series because I think he's the guy that could do it right. Section 31 is just going to show you the dark side and ask you, is it really necessary? You know, mm -hmm. and people will debate. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, omelets and broken eggs and other bad cooking metaphors. <laughs> um, but I think Picard can reflect because he's been across the spectrum now. I mean, if, if he's old and kicked out and seeing it as an outsider or has been marginalized by the people that he used to be a part of, he might be seeing them in a new light now and not quite blinded by how pretty the Federation is. Mm -hmm. So my big question and probably everyone's big question from The Sound of Thunder is, who is the Red Angel? Because it's clearly a person. Uh, See, I don't know. Be? Because, I mean, if you look at the silhouette of the person, that it's actually, you know... Because we got the first best look this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it's female. Yeah, I zoomed in and, and looked, and I was like, oh, that looks female. Now, obviously, it might be a red, hang a red herring. Mm-hmm. It's no, 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 it, it's an angel, not a herring. <laughs> sorry, sorry, had to make the joke, sorry. Well, you know what I mean, don't yeah. you? Because I mean? they, they like playing fast and loose with things. It's, a, and, yeah, uh, it's, it's something in a suit. It, it could be, and I mean, we might say it's female, but 
you know, Star Trek Six told us not everyone keeps their genitals in the same place. I mean, <laughs> what if those wings aren't really wings? What if, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But, I mean, if you just look at it, just the silhouette of the person in that suit doesn't necessarily mean that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's female. But, again. So, last night, uh, I was trying to look up theories of who the Red Angel is. And I, the most intriguing was uh, uh, that it's an Iconian. And so I, I uh, typed an Iconian just because I knew that they're in Star Trek Online and I hadn't played Star Trek Online since they added that, the Iconians to the game. And it, I found someone's post on Reddit and they had a picture that was comparing the first image of the Red Angel to uh, different Iconians in Star Trek Online. And actually it was quite similar uh, I was really surprised. Is it an Iconian? I don't know. Um, there's a few things that don't really line up with that theory, but uh, it would explain how this Red Angel is appearing in all these different places because it could be an Iconian gateway. Uh, but time traveling would be would be new. I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that Iconians probably could time travel, but it, that would be new. Well, See, I, I mean, all we really... That... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I kind of hope it is not, because it, unless it's done right, it's just going to piss off everyone, to be honest with you, including myself, because the whole thing about the Iconians in TNG, and then obviously later on in DS9, um, is there was the air of mystery behind it all. There wasn't anything, you know, solid and concrete, and yeah. what they did in Star Trek Online kind of some of it was good yet some of it was just like yeah you know crap yeah I liked um, I, I I mean I do like the, the, the post TNG stuff oh the Iconians have returned they weren't wiped out they were just driven off hundreds of thousands of years ago and now they're back for revenge it's a good plot twist and it's a way to work in because everybody's always interested in those ancient civilizations the Takan the Iconians, mm -hmm. it's like, at some point, a couple hundred thousand years ago, there were these massive galaxy-spanning empires, and now they're all, you know, kaput. Did they wipe each other out? Were they replaced by lesser races? Was it civil war? How did they all disappear? And with the Federation reaching a similar critical mass as far as size goes, I mean, it, it's, it's about to the point where it's going to have... Romulans and Klingons in the Federation, which is going to give it pretty much most of the Alpha and Beta quadrants as part of one spanning. What wiped out the Iconians, and will it wipe out the Federation? So there's something to consider there in thinking about that. But, I mean, there, there have been so many strange, powerful aliens out there. I was hoping it was another friendly angel, like from the <laughs> TOS episode, do a tie in that away, because we saw the Gorgon, and he was bad. Hmm. He was the one that gave the kids powers, and they were torturing the crew. And then at the end, Kirk made the oh, children that cry. One. Kirk made the children cry, and that stole the angel's power. Oh. <laughs> That's a cruel way of putting it, but I mean, basically, he he was the, the angel was feeding off of the kids. Uh, fun. No, it, it's true, from what I remember vaguely the episode because you know it's TOS and I don't really like TOS um, <laughs> I just there's some episodes I will watch but then there's other ones that I just you know unless it's on in the background just TOS is just no yeah, that, well I mean it's like that's the funny thing about TOS is, and it's why people that make these lists it's like uh, I, I've been um, browsing through uh, Quora recently. They've got this nice little ask a question. Anybody on the internet can answer it. There's a lot of good Star Trek questions on there. And somebody says, what episodes do I need to watch to catch up? And the thing is, you really don't know because, I mean, when you think about the history of Star Trek, especially for the original series, some of the most important episodes were not that great. <laughs> um, the most iconic, historically relevant scene in Star Trek, as far as the general world goes, is the Kirk Uhura kiss. That's that's you know, first interracial kiss, big deal. It, it, it was a big, it was a big. I'm not saying big deal, sarcastic. I mean, it was a big deal. And 
it took place as part of the same episode where a mind-controlled Kirk is ridden like a pony. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> Plato's Stepchildren is an awful episode. <laughs> it really is. But it's got that iconic history-making moment that defined Star Trek as being the show about tolerance and diversity and, and breaking racial barriers that were destroying the 1960s. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with uh, Space Seed, but not to the same extreme. Space Seed yeah, but... is not a horrible episode. It's just mediocre. But now it's on everybody's you-must-watch-this-list just because Wrath of Khan was so good. But Wrath mm -hmm. of Khan was so good because they took a, a, a mediocre, one-dimensional villain of the week and rewrote him and, and let Montalban, like, go nuts with it, and you have an icon. This is true. I just, I don't know, Space Seed is, I count as kind of like a prequel. Yeah, and, and that's why, it's like, I like to tell people, Ricardo Montalban was so good in The Wrath of Khan, his excellent performance sent vibes back in time to make Space Seed a good episode. <laughs> I suppose that's true I mean if you think about it I mean many people probably wouldn't really bother yeah it, 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 if it wasn't for Wrath of Khan you could skip Space Seed mm. <laughs> um, quite easily probably and, and that's the thing there, there's 79 episodes of the original series and this this show it's like they tried it with the movie some. In some of the early uh, early episodes of uh, the original series, you had a little bit of flirting between Ahura and Spock. And um, what's his name? Was it Kurtzman or was it Orsi? When those two guys were writing the script for the J.J. Uh, Abrams films, they took that little obscure snippet. It's the kind of thing only a hardcore fan who's watched every episode 60 times would have paid attention to and probably wrote some homemade uh, shipping around it. Um, but they took that and tweaked it and made it a plot where, well, here's a little prequel right before. Eventually they, they break up and they're not dating, but there was still some flirty friendliness there. But at one point, yeah, Uhura and Spock dated. It fits with what we saw in TOS. Oh. Um, no, Adam, I can't hear you. Oh, did his mic cut out again? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, you just sent me a message saying, "Can you hear me?" No, I can't. Oh, and here I am, just rambling on and on. Yeah, he's having an odd issue with that. Let's see what he does. Maybe he can. Well, I'm still recording from my end, so I mean, you can you can chime in and rebut until he gets his mic fixed. And I can't even remember what we're talking. Oh yeah, spacey. Um. There are a few episodes in TOS that, you know, I do think. Can you hear me now? Yes. There you are. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it keeps cutting out, and the only way to fix it is if I, um, you know, leave the call and join it back in. I took a risk that it wasn't going to boot you guys out, too, of the call, so that's good to know. So, anyway, uh, where were we? Uh, space Seed is overrated, and James was going to explain uh, what what some episodes are that probably should be seen. All right, go for it. Um, only purely simply because they tie into the films. You've got the whole one where they time warp. Um, you know, they slingshot around the sun. That one, um, and that ties into Voyage Home. Um, everyone's got to see Spock's brain. It's <laughs> terrific, you know, horrifically bad, but just because it is horrifically bad. Um, I would have loved if they'd have, when they were remaking these movies, if they would have taken something like Spock's brain and just rewrote that to make it good. Like, show us what Spock sees. Do like a mini Matrix movie inside a Star Trek movie and just blow people's minds. <laughs> I think that would have been quite interesting, actually, to be fair. 
because that's that's the one thing. It's like I liked how they sort of went their own way, but they they had to bring in Khan because everybody loves Khan, and it just made for a movie that everybody's like, oh, I didn't like that movie. They shouldn't have used Khan. It's like that's what all the fans were asking for right after the 09 film came out, and I'm like, don't do Khan. But yeah, but Into Darkness was just crap on it. So. Yeah, yeah. Just, but take 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 a bad episode and rewrite it and make it good because there's so much potential there that's how you got the original wrath of khan they took a okay episode and rewrote it to something cool so bill did you borrow this for my uh my idea uh to, to talk about the worst episodes of each series and then if you could change one thing what would you do to make it better yeah i sort of segued i did sort of steal that didn't i that's okay. No, that's, that's cool. Uh, so are we voting that Spock's Brain is the worst episode of TOS? See, if I had to pick the worst episode of TOS, I would pick... <laughs> Space Hippie 1. Oh, yeah. The Herberts and their musical sing-along and Spock yeah. getting along with the Space Hippies. Spock of all people. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe in Discovery we'll see him be a space hippie because he's got that beard, you know. Yeah. So that could explain a few things why he gets along so well with them. But then there's also most of series three really of TOS in there. I mean, series one and two. Mm, but then you've got series three, which is you can tell that the writing quality just got even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, it's like they'd already been cancelled once. They knew it wasn't going to last. So it's like, yeah. just throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. But then I... you do have some good episodes. And they're like, let this be your last battlefield. That is kind of a poignant episode. Mm-hmm. That was one of the ones that they definitely got right as far as the message they were trying to put out there. Yes. Turnabout Intruder was awful and kind of hilarious at the same time. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Whom Gods Destroy. Again, that is just a hilariously bad episode. Uh, that was... Wait, Whom Gods Destroy? That was... Was that Charlie X or was that was... That's old Lord that was Garth. That was Garth, yeah. yeah. Charlie Not... X... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I've been thinking about this, and somebody mentioned it, and it's come up a few times. They they should cast Garth as a woman. Hmm. Like, if you're going to do a prequel about Garth, make him a woman. Because, there you, you know, go, Bill. when he was locked up, he was a shapeshifter. Maybe he shapeshifted into a man when he decided to take over the galaxy. But he yeah. started out as a female captain. See, Bill, this could be a prequel to your uh, your upcoming fan film. Yes, they can't find Garth because they're looking for a guy, and it's really a lady they should be looking for. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm hesitant to encourage that because we're living in a sensitive area. Making fun, and, and somebody would say, you're making fun of trans people with this. And I don't want to make fun of people. I just want to make ridiculous jokes. And I don't mm-hmm. want to do something that might risk looking like it was actually attacking or hurtful to a particular group Mm -hmm. now if somebody makes a harmless joke and somebody is offended by it because they're looking for a reason to be offended then yes screw you go over in your corner and be offended this was a harmless joke so but i am semi-conscious that there are some things that might rub people the wrong way so if i try to avoid those well bill did your microphone go out (laughs) oh well that's awkward Awkward. We're not going to get the punchline to his, to what he was saying. Well, I bet he can still hear us, and I bet he's talking. And when he sends me his recording, we're going to hear what he says. Hopefully, it's funny. Now that we talked about the worst episodes of TOS, what are the best? For me, yeah. Um. Uh, okay, uh, let's go. I Me, mean, yeah, for you, because obviously Bill can't tell us. Well, I guess he probably is right now, but uh, we don't know. Mirror, mirror, mainly yeah. because it sets up the mirror universe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you kind of have to watch Trouble with Tribbles because yeah. of the whole DS9 episode. That's you know you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about um, this uh, the shuttlecraft retcon in the in the latest episode of Discovery, uh, The Sound of Thunder. So you know they they show this little snippet of Saru uh, meeting Giorgio. Uh, in the shuttle behind her in the, the short trick episode, the farthest star uh, it's actually, you know, from the Shenzhou. Right. And in this latest episode, they changed the, the registry number of the shuttle to be of the Archimedes. Uh, oh, Bill says his computer blew up. Okay. Well, uh, so I thought that was interesting that they, um, you know, <laughs> something happened with production on that short trick. And even though it was all apparently all the same writers and crew, I guess, uh, from this episode to the short trek, it's still I didn't it didn't happen. But you know, I, these these production errors are bound to happen. But I just think it's it's interesting that they chose to to fix it or change it for this episode. Well, yeah, I mean, in Trek history, you don't tend to see lower ranks move all the way up to captain, do you? They normally, you know, like they might become captain of like a different ship, sort of thing. Yeah. But the exclusion of like Riker and GRK, you know, you've got a few um, episodes in Voyager where you see Jakote has taken over as the captain, but you know that's you know, that's kind of a different situation. Yeah. Very rarely see someone from the lower ranks move all the way up to captain in the same ship, so it's it kind of never really made sense that the shuttle was from the Shenzhou, bearing in mind that. Uh, that was the ship the end she ended you know she captained but it's only a small thing isn't it i mean it's not yeah. a not like a oh my but god oh my god it's the first retcon that i know of anyway for discovery so i just wonder how many people are gonna you know bash it for that you know like <laughs> oh canon oh it's just a minor you know production error uh it's not a big deal but i just find it interesting that they they changed it because I would have just left it. Oh, Bill's back. Hi, Bill. Hey! So, Bill, we were just talking about the shuttlecraft retcon uh, from the Short Trek episode, The Farthest Star, to uh, the episode that was on the other night. How they changed yes. they, they changed it from the Shenzhou to the uh, Archimedes. Yeah, I was thinking I'd have to go back and watch that. I couldn't remember if that was the case or not. So, you know, I, I was just wondering if, if people who dislike Discovery, if they'll use that as kind of like, you know, uh, they changed that, they got that wrong, blah, blah, blah. But it's such a minor thing. But I just, I don't know, I find it really interesting because it's the first instance I can remember of of a retcon for Discovery within its own, you know, episodes. Uh, and why, why would they change it? And James was saying that, you know, it might be odd that Giorgio uh, became captain of the ship that she served on as a lieutenant. Uh, So maybe that's why they changed it. Or it could be that, um, and this is what I was thinking because I was thinking the same thing. It's like they didn't say how much time passed between him making his first call and being picked up. I mean, it could be when he first made contact she was on the Archimedes, and as soon as she got transferred to the Shenzhou, they, uh, it took them like eight months or a year or whatever of little tiny two words at a time messages, and finally they're like, okay, yeah, we'll get him. It could be, but uh, to, to poke a hole in your, your theory, they changed the registry number of the shuttlecraft from the episode that was on the other night to the short trek. Oh, see, now we're going to have to go back and watch the short trek and see if they did a little uh, digital magic to change it there, too. I think they would have to re-release it for that to happen, which I guess they could, but I, I doubt it. Uh, maybe maybe you could say that there was time travel involved and maybe the Red Angel changed things. I mean, I, I think that's kind of a way out there theory and it's kind of dumb, but, you know, stranger things could happen, I suppose. It's going to surprise me and not surprise me at the same time if it turns out that Giorgio is the Red Angel. Oh, that might be interesting. What, as in Emperor? 
or yeah something happens to her because she's she did drop that hint it's like michael you need to trust me at some point i'm gonna prove myself to you and a lot of this does seem to be like why i mean i i get showing up and, and saving hundreds of humans from nuclear war i get showing up right before a colony is going to be wiped out by radiation from their orbiting ring or the 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 kelpians are about to be wiped out by genocidal baku or ba'u ba'ul <laughs> the ba'ul but but why show up to help spock locate a single missing human child mm. yeah that's true unless they have some plan for Burnham that we don't know about further yes. down the line. The it now. Uh, so uh, the other week I was I was doing my investigating of Star Trek trademarks and I came across a Starfleet Academy trademark that was filed back like in August um, and I hadn't seen that because I've been checking this like every week to see if they would you know trademark a Picard series name or whatever and. I finally noticed it last week, uh, so I find that interesting that this this confirms that there really is a Starfleet Academy show in development. Uh, so that's cool. Or but have they um, trademarked the Section Thirty One one yet? No, I checked this morning uh, before we began this recording, and no. Um, I mean, unless it's called you know either Revolution or. Um, Destiny or Reliant, uh, then no. Revolution sounds more like a Section 31. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking too. Or I was thinking it could be like a Mirror Universe uh, name of a series. I think that would be cool. Like, you know, the was it was it rebellion. specifically Star Trek Revolution or was it just Revolution? No, it's, it's Star Trek Revolution. So if you go okay. to the trademark database website. Uh, and then you type in, if you go to basic word mark search, uh, let's see here, I have to refresh this. Um, I'll show you how to do this. So go to the USPTO website, go to search our trademark database, go to basic word mark search, and then search term Star Trek, submit query, and then you'll get this list. And I see Star Trek Revolution, Star Trek SETI Alpha 5, Star Trek Lower Decks, Star Trek Starfleet Academy, Star Trek Destiny, Star Trek Reliant uh, are the are those new uh, trademarks. And we know that Lower Decks, you know, is one of the animated series. Uh, so, I mean, they also have some other stuff here. But, um, yeah, those are the ones that are possible new shows. <coughs> doesn't mean that they'll use the name, uh, but I just find it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still no official name for the um, Picard series yet, is there? And no. Every, everyone says, oh, it's just going to be called Picard. It's just like, no. I yeah. Don't. Well, I've looked up that trademark, too, and there are lots of trademarks with Picard, but they're either like, uh, like heavy-duty manufacturing equipment, chocolates, or wine, and I haven't found one that's, you know, media, television-related yet. I'm a I'm a hazard a guess, and I'm going to say Destiny is the Picard series. That's yeah, going to be my guess. Yeah, that's my guess too. If if they've already you know trademarked the name, they said it's top secret, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was that. Were you going to say James? No, I kind of I kind of like that name. For yeah, a series. You know. Yeah, well, if they really said nice. it's top secret, what if it is Star Trek top secret, and we're going to see like. Uh, <laughs> Like comic books used to do the secret files where they'd five years ago there was a weird adventure we never wrote about but we're gonna use all these characters that have died in the infinite crisis and here's what they did five years ago in this secret files adventure. Hmm. So it's it's interesting to point out though that people are thinking that um, Sonequa Martin Green uh, accidentally said the name of the Picard series, which is you know Picard, um, as James was saying, and I don't know, I don't think she would accidentally do that i think that's just kind of like the name that everyone's given it unofficially yeah i think so it's kind of like the fact that star trek 4 is called star trek 4 the one with the whales yeah 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 exactly uh so were you gonna say something james 
Oh, I was just going to say that uh, as far as I know, obviously people in the production know, but as far as I know, no one actually knows. Um, Patrick Stewart has said, you know, on many occasions that they, they, they have got a name, but they're not allowed to tell anyone yet. Yeah. So. So I don't think she would know. Uh, oh, she might do. She might, so. yeah, but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like people on Discovery wouldn't necessarily know. Well, they don't even get viewer figures for how many people have seen each episode of Discovery, so why would they know? Because um, Doug Jones said something in one of the groups the other day that not even they know the viewer figures for hmm. each episode. Wow. So, if you know, if they don't know the viewer figures for each episode, then why would they know the... The inner workings of another Star Trek show? Yeah, you know, it kind of doesn't really make sense if you know yeah. that she would know but you never know i mean she might do so i just realized that there is some news it's the animated show that could possibly wind up on nickelodeon uh i think that might be pretty cool as long as it's not done in the way that most modern animation is well if they would steal my idea, which I suggest every time somebody asks, it should be done modern animation style. I want to see the adventures of Marauder Mo. <laughs> Grand Nagus Rom sends out Marauder Mo and his crew of Ferengi misfits on adventures where hijinks ensue, and they get yelled at by the Grand Nagus' brother, Quark, but they learn a valuable lesson along the way. <laughs> It would be a great, ridiculous, awful, fantastic, amazing show. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. And it should be done like Teen Titans Go style or some <laughs> other horrible animation style. Forget trying to make it look awesome and realistic and, and bring back that classic over-the-top animation. No, no, no. Make this. Slap it out there and make it good. But yeah. the, thing I don't, the thing I don't get about that is... Why is it, I mean, everything else they're putting on CBS All Access, so it's like, is this really going to be on Nickelodeon, or is it just a Nickelodeon team making it for CBS All Access? Mm, I, I think, think it will be on Nickelodeon, yeah. purely because one of the things that uh, Alex Kurtzman said recently was he wanted to get it back to bring the young audience in. And putting something like that on mainstream Nickelodeon yeah. would be the, you know, the way to bring the young young audience back in. Um, if you whack it on something like All Access, you probably, you know. Yeah. Well, so it's, it would okay. cut off, it would cut off so many people because no, you know, when, well, I mean, my friends sometimes just you know put the TV on when I'm over and like let their kids watch like stuff on. Nickelodeon or Disney or whatever just you know why just to keep them entertained sort of thing and then that's how a lot of them have um, like liked things like Peppa Pig and <laughs> you know that that sort of thing so if so, you're go ahead I was just going to say if you, if you you know if they whack it on a pay service it kind of doesn't really make much sense but yeah yeah uh I, I, I want to point out that CBS, you know, they when they announced Lower Decks, it was going to be kind of like the, I think, the uh, the big draw for the animation part of CBS that they just created. Um, and I think Lower Decks would, would kind of spearhead that, that new animation studio for CBS. So I, I think this, this other animated series for kids will be made through that but i think the distribution rights will go to nickelodeon it won't necessarily be made by a nickelodeon studio okay or maybe in, in conjunction with one but i feel like cbs would do it through their stuff since they just opened up this new studio you know why would they have another animation studio make it that's my thoughts um um because i was a on Variety, I think it was. I can't remember to find the link now. Um, two of the people that are doing it are actually people who have worked on Nickelodeon shows in the past. Mm -hmm. um, kind of 
makes sense. That so it's they probably pick. know what what they're doing, and yeah. they, they've written for troll hunters and whatnot. So yeah, it, it's probably in good hands. I mean, I don't have any qualms about you know because I mean a lot of people are oh animation I'm not going to watch it you know well, I don't want it I'm not asking you know but that kind of flies in the face of well you know it doesn't have to be specifically for you mm-hmm. um, yes it does <laughs> I am a fan they need to do everything specifically for me or their show will fail <laughs> that is how the universe works you've got here on the thing the Picard series which year does it take place in and it's like a 10 hour movie there seems to be kind of like a confliction there because originally it wasn't supposed to be set in like 2399 and now it seems to be changed to 2389 something like that yeah Uh, because of what Patrick Stewart said doesn't really make sense with what's been put out there already Uh, so you know I it's kind of confusing. Because I... When was the destruction of Romulus? Uh, 87. So 89 kind of makes more sense. Yeah, I think it would make more sense. Um, we definitely... He would be closer to Picard's age. It, Picard would still be older, though. And that's the thing, is he said Picard and him are the same age. Yeah, yeah when... it's just, that was never true, though. When was the first episode of TNG? What year did that take place in? 23 what? 64, I think. Okay. Let me look it up really quick. All right. So 2364, series ends 2371. Yeah, 64 ends in 2370. So ending 2370. Movies take that up to 2380, thereabouts. 2379. 10 years after the last movie is 20 years after the last. What? When did Voyager get back? Because don't forget, Jamie. Okay. Yeah. So it's like 20 years after the end of the series, which is roughly where we are real-time-wise, and 10 years after the last movie. So, you know, 10 years after is also 20 years after, depending on what you're talking about being after. So we're we're 17 years after Nemesis. Uh, so if you do that in real years, no. um, that no. should be 2396 is what it no. should be. No. No. No, we are not 17 years after Nemesis. No, there are not kids driving now who weren't even born when Nemesis was in theaters. No, I am not that old. I think it was December or November 2002. 2002. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's not quite 17 years, but, you know, by the time this show comes out, it will be. Yeah, no. All right. You know what? My next, my next, I'll, I'll be checking in from the old folks home the next time we do this. Yeah. I'm moving to Shady Pines. Oh, my God. It's been 20 years since Nemesis. Yeah. yeah, but it's been like 30 years since TNG. And I Don't was... tell me that! I mean, I can I can accept 30 years for TNG if I say it began 30 years ago. Okay, fair enough. You're, you're, no, I just... <laughs> no! God, Trek is getting old. That's the new Star Trek. It's not supposed to be 30 years old. Yeah, well, um, what was it? I was... There's the 25th anniversary of Xena coming up next year, and I remember when that first started. Oh, God. 25 years. Well, you know what? Lucy Lawless, she's still got it. I'm pretty sure she's an immortal. The only thing that's going to end her career is if somebody else comes along and chops off her head in a crazy lightning-fueled duel. (laughs) So, uh, like a Highlander crossover? Yeah, yeah. Well, have you seen Ash vs. Evil Dead? I don't know if you guys are into that particular... Yeah, Lucy Lawless is in that, and oh my god, she's still got it. <laughs> See, I've never... That's not something that I've ever really... But to each their own. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a good... Well, I was born the day before Halloween, so horror kind of runs through me the same way sci-fi does. I was born on the anniversary of the War of the Worlds pod, radio show. I was going to say podcast, but no. I was born on the anniversary of the War of the Worlds radio show by Orson Welles. And that's 
a good example of sci-fi and horror combined, so I've kind of got both running through my veins. Yeah. Many years ago, then. Yes. So what do you, you feel about the whole fact that it's uh, like a 10-hour movie? Do you feel that that's uh, a good thing? Because, I mean, one thing I think this season of Discovery has missed is... Like last year, each episode, yeah, every episode led into another, led into mm-hmm. another, and this series, I think they've tried to go too much the other way. There's mm-hmm. not really a a balance between the two. I mean, they've still got the story link. They're still tracking the Red Angels. It's just the Red Angels sending them to specific locations, and we're just looking one mission at a time on this overarching "what is it all about" thing. Mm. Um, so I'm okay with how they've done it. I mean, uh, the the monster of the week format, the planet of the week format, that's, you can't do good storytelling that way anymore. Or, I mean, you can, but the potential to tell a bigger story means you're going to have that carryover. And I think they're still doing it all right. So I'm not too upset with that. And it's the same thing with the Picard thing. I mean, if you're going to bring Captain Picard back, what is it? Uh, oh, in two hours, he solves his first problem. Okay, I'm back. Let me go have some random adventures. No, no. If, if you're bringing Captain Picard back, it's going to be something big. Like, too big for an episode. Too big for a single movie. It's a 10-hour movie. It's a 10-hour event. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the stand. It's V. It's... Well, I mean, they huge. say they've got enough material to last the potential three series. So it kind of, if it's the first one's going to be like a 10-hour movie, you know, it's then kind of like begs the question, is it going to be like a different theme each, or do you think it is going to be based off something that we kind of already know about through the books and stuff? I kind of doubt it. I'd like to see him. I mean, I love some of the books, don't get me wrong. Love the books. But I want to get away from that because honestly... I, I like the early stuff. I'm not a big fan of the post-Voyager, post-TNG, post-DS9 books because three-quarters of it is how can we cram as many old cast members as we can into this one adventure? And mm-hmm. the crossover thing, it works if it's rare. If it's just nonstop crossoverism, it just it makes the universe smaller. And I, I, that's one thing that has bugged me about a lot of books and fanfic and stuff like that is when you try to make the universe smaller. Like uh, William Shatner did that collaborative novel with uh, Judith and Garfield yeah, Reeves. The Return. Great series. Yeah, I, like I liked those. it. But they tried to make V'ger related to the Borg. Yeah. Making the universe that much smaller. Or um, what was it? IQ was that? Or what was the name of the book? Q squared. I don't remember. Q something, there was a Q, a a big Q novel. Oh, Trelane is a Q. Mm, Yeah. And uh, the the juvenile delinquent punks that Q ran around with in his early days in the continuum was Trelane, the god of Shakari, Armas (laughs) on, uh, you know, the the muck thing from... The Kiltasha. Yeah, it's like every... Every big bad with semi-godlike powers was part of Q's little Jets and Sharks gang. Going through the universe, snapping their fingers and making things. It's like, uh, don't do that. It doesn't all have to relate. So, but yeah, the books, there are some brilliant stories. And I'm not, I mean, it's, if you're going to write a story where you cram everybody together into it, a lot of those books did a fantastic job doing that. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I don't want that. I mean, it's like people who always say, bring back DS9 for a movie. No, you're going to waste an hour and a half just getting the band back together again. Unless you start doing it like they did with Worf in the later TNG movies where uh, I was in the neighborhood, thought I'd come yeah. hang out yeah. because that's that's what people do. It's like, And, and then I... What, in one movie, I don't think they even bothered to explain why he was there. He started to explain and got interrupted when a door opened or an alert sounded. So he never even bothered to tell them why he happened to be there. I think, well, so First Contact, he was there because, well, you know, he was commanding the Defiant against the Borg. 
And then insurrection, he happened to be, um, yeah, it was like a diplomatic meeting and, um, it was during the dominion war. I, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. It's... Exact reason. That one might have been a little bit fuzzier. And then nemesis, he was at the wedding. And just tagged along with them afterwards for some reason without really yeah. saying what. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I mean, he was there, wasn't he? Because they were on their way to Beta Z to do the wedding there because they had it on Earth, I'm guessing, for him. And then yeah. they were on their way to Beta Z to have yeah, it. it. It might have been something like that. Yeah, I mean, that was my understanding of it. It's just... It's just... <sighs> the insurrection one was the the least... Oh, look, he's just there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it worked It worked for first contact. They, they found a way to get him back in the movie by having him crash the Defiant before they... Yeah. Tough little ship. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, you know, you kind of can see why he was there for uh, Nemesis, but the insurrection one has always, always bothered me because he just happened to go, oh, look, there he is, walking down the corridor. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Worf. It was nice to see him in the first couple of movies, but once he switched to DS9, they didn't try to bring O'Brien back, did they? <laughs> I mean, what's up with that? Wasn't he, he on wasn't, Earth, Yeah, he, um, yeah, he retired, or he, yeah, he was teaching at the academy, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's what, he's not invited to the wedding? First yeah. episode of Deep Space Nine, Picard says the ship's just not going to be the same without you. The wedding's fine without you. I'll just miss you while I'm on the ship. I'm like, well, come on. They, you know, maybe they never asked Colmini to come back for that, or maybe he was unavailable, or just wasn't <laughs> in the budget. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe they do know. I just have to read that somewhere. I, I don't even think it's just. It's just. I have reasons to rant and rave <laughs> and be a grouchy bastard sometimes. All right, that's all the time we had for tonight, kids. Um, tune in to that's uh, on Facebook, or is it on YouTube? The live stream. Uh, on it's Tuesday. just on uh, Facebook at the moment because we're having troubles. Um, okay, yeah, technical difficulties. Oh well, yeah, it it takes a hell of a lot of bandwidth to stream to both, so um we're trying to sort something out so i can try and do it from my end because i've got about three times the speed we've got some ahead. unknown subspace interference going on but uh tune in on uh tuesdays to uh trek sphere on their facebook site they'll be live streaming via facebook uh audio and video with uh, a lot of uh, great folks that uh make trek sphere and all of this possible uh, as for us, thank you for joining us for another episode. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, uh, check us out on uh, YouTube, Google Play, the iTunes Store. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. And uh, just keep in mind that conversations like this are exactly the kind of thing you would expect to find when you wander too far into the Twilight Zone. <laughs>